You're listening to Gospel Theory, a Call to Learn audio podcast. For more information about Call to Learn, visit calledtolearn.com. That's calledtolearn.com. Thank you for listening. All right, welcome to Gospel Theory once again. Finding the truth of Jesus Christ amongst all those myths, those rumors, and those incorrect definitions. I'm Trusta Neal, and this is my son, Isaac Neal. Hello. All right, today we're going to be talking about a myth. One of Isaac's favorites still, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Myths are always my favorite. Yeah. Oh, and the definitions are fun, too, because it's fun to learn those. Yeah. Because I know all about the myths, but the incorrect definitions, I don't know a whole lot. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good to know those definitions for sure. So today's um, myth is going to be, it is not okay to have questions and doubts about the gospel. Or is it okay to have questions about the gospel? Yeah, good question. So let's let's explore. Let's talk about, remember how you told me that we could talk about anything on this podcast about your life? Well, I don't know about that. Well, about my life, yes. Yeah, about but, your life. Okay, okay, good. All right. As your executive producer, I have very... <laughs> Strict rules of what we can and cannot talk about. That's true. He does. That's true. <laughs> However, I want to ask you a personal question. Um, they might not know any that your background story. Can you just tell a little bit about how yeah, you absolutely. left the church? Yeah, so uh, back in 2013, I had just moved back from New Mexico, um, living with my grandparents when I, as soon as I turned 18. I moved back here to Utah, and uh, I wanted to go on my own. Um, I wanted to... I kind of just gave up on the whole mission thing. I was kind of thinking about leaning towards that and going towards a, a mission, serving a full-time mission, but I wasn't able to get my addiction wrapped up. I wasn't able to get, um, and I was just kind of wanting to party. I was kind of sick of doing the checklist in the church and I was just done. I was done trying to be a good person or trying to fake that I was a good person. Right, because that's what I was doing ever since I was 13 years old, faking it that I was this perfect buttoned-up kid. When absolute, I, the opposite was true. I would say the word rebellious. Yeah, I you were you, and and I think that your tendency is a, a tendency to be rebellious anyway. Yep. But you were very rebellious inside, and you were pretending. So I, I live the same life, right? I live that. Pretend that you're doing good. So that way you don't have to question or be questioned by your parents or by your bishop. Or yeah. I, I didn't want to deal with any of that. So I lied to my bishop. I would lie to my parents because I I didn't want I didn't want to deal with that. That was too uncomfortable for me to try to face my addictions, to try to face my problems. And I didn't want to serve a mission if I wasn't worthy. And that was really, I was really key on that. So I decided to leave the church instead. And so when you left the church, you had many questions and doubts or, or justifications, right? Absolutely. So justifications of why you left the church, and it's okay to do that. And so while you were gone and you were having all these doubts, did you ever fear members that were faithful and doubting your decision? Absolutely. I didn't associate with them anymore. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. Anyone that was a Mormon, it was just kind of like, well, Mormon is what I would call them back then. Um Anyone that was in the church, I would try to avoid, to be honest. I didn't want to talk to them. I didn't want to have any business dealings with them. I didn't want to I didn't want to associate or be friends with them because then that would mean that they would bring me back. 
<laughs> no, you feared about bringing back. Now I that I did not know. Logically, I mean, especially with this podcast, logically everything makes sense with the church. And you know, if you listen to this podcast and you and you focus, like everything, there's always an answer for everything, pretty much. Um, as far as doctrine is concerned, a true doctrines, principles that actually matter. There's always an answer. And there's always a logical answer as well as a spiritual answer as well. Mm -hmm. And so I was afraid that, you know, they would try to convert me back or try to convince me. And I didn't want to be convinced because it was too hard. It was too hard to do the checklist. It was too hard to do everything. Okay. And I just gave up. So really, you didn't leave for questions and doubts then. You left out of it was too hard. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I, but I did have my... I think it was during the time I was coming back that you had the questions. that I had the questions. Oh, okay, right. So I knew the basic foundations of what the church believed. I had still memorized um, articles of faith number four. Like I know, I knew I knew about the church and what they believed. It wasn't that I forgot. Like a lot of people say, a lot of people. Well, when you for, you know leave the church, you forget a lot of it. I didn't have any of that. I always knew. It was always around me. I, it, it was instilled into me since I was a kid. So, yeah, I knew what the Mormons were about. I knew <laughs> what the church uh, was about. So it didn't, it didn't affect me there. But when I started to come back, I started having doubts about the church. And I was, uh, and I was getting, ang getting frustrated and maybe a little angry as well that none of my, none of my questions or, or that my friends would judge me for even doubting. Mm. There's, that's what I wanted to talk about. So, you know, the myth is that there is that we should not have any doubts, right? Yeah. There, yeah. There shouldn't be any doubts. I mean, my cousin is in, I, I had cousins, I had friends, I had people who, who always constantly said to me, you know, Isaac, you don't need to, you can just doubt. I mean, you, you shouldn't doubt. You should just follow. I mean, I remember my grandparents instilling that in me, just follow, just obey, just obey, or just obey, or just obey. And you know what? The, the members of the church are really good at obeying. What they're not good at is questioning, right? Because they don't feel like they can or have the authority to. Only the prophet has the authority to question the church. or Only no one can question the church because it's just fact. Yeah, and, and, they're, and you're right. And sadly, that is true, that there are many people that believe that you shouldn't question the church. But um, I'm going to propose that you can. But how? When the Lord says, do and then you shall know. Do and you shall know. Well, isn't that true with everything? It is. Isn't Absolutely. that true? Like if, if you, do, I don't know. You don't really know if it's going to work out unless you do it. Unless you do it, In yeah. some scenarios, that's the case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't think that has much to do with the, the questions. I, I'm thinking that questions are good and maybe that would be an excellent an, another podcast we could do is on questions mm -hmm. and the power of questions and Absolutely, why questions yes. is really, really important. Um, but doubts, right? We shouldn't doubt the church. We should question and we can have all the questions we want, but we can't doubt it. Right. And, but that, but how many people are doing that? Like I have a friend, I have three to be honest. Lots of friends, actually. <laughs> I have three of them that have left the church in the last year. And, and, they have legitimate reasons for that and they have doubts that beyond my answers, right? And it was recently that I was um, listening to a, a man named Jared Halverson. He's from mm -hmm. Salt Lake City. And he taught me this pattern that I have fallen in love with to help those that are doubting. Doubting is normal. Doubting is okay. 
So I want to bust that myth and I want to show you and give you a tool to help you through the doubts. You want to hear the quote that, uh, the quote that actually really helped me in this. It actually did not come from a prophet. It came from a founding father. Um, it was it's something to the effect of um, question even the very existence of God, for God will surely prefer honest questions over blindfolded fear. I right? like and that. And we're talking about honest questions. We're not talking about gotcha questions. We're not talking about, well, oh, well what about this? Well, can you explain that's what the Sadducees, uh, Sadducees. Sadducees and Pharisees did? They said, well, what about this, Jesus? You know, <laughs> that was kind of what their attitude was. I'm not talking about those questions. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about debate questions. I'm talking about honest questions that you have about the church. And when I read that, I was like, well, why can't I? God would prefer honest questions. And then it would lead me down this rabbit hole Yeah. that I could find the answer. Yeah. And I think that that was very, very... Um wise of you to be honest it was really wise of you to to doubt even the existence of god because remember how <clears throat> uh we have to work on our foundation right and god is the foundation it's he's the rock which we're built on yeah. uh, and if if you don't even know who god is then why are you building a tower on priesthood and apostles if you don't even believe in god yeah right it's really important to get that foundation that you believe in God first. And if you don't, if you have doubts about all of the other stuff that goes on with religion and, and organized religion, then nothing's going to matter yeah. unless you have a foundation of knowing who God is. Absolutely. And once you know who God is, then you ask the questions like, all right, well, how's he going to, the salvation of man, right? Or this, and how is that going to be possible? And you get into Jesus Christ. And then you learn to love Jesus Christ yes. and you gain that knowledge too. So you have a firm foundation with um, the Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Oh, side note, can we add a definition in? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So this definition of in Hebrew, there's the word stone, which is eben. eben. Uh -huh. So the, the word ben in Hebrew means son and the word ab means father. And if you put them together, you get Evan. So the father and the son is the stone or the rock or the foundation on which we ride. So their word wow. for stone is father and son. Interesting. So that creates a whole new meaning to the uh, build my church on the rock, the foundation, something like that. On the rock, right? Yeah, on the rock, on yeah. the rock, right. Or on the stone or on the foundation or a cornerstone or whatever. Yep. Yeah, it's all about the father and the son, not just Christ. Not just the Father. Yeah. We have to have both as our foundation. But we have to have God first. We have to even know there, there's a God. If we don't know there's a God and we don't care, then that's where we are, right? Yeah. And it's okay that that's where you are. And that's where I had to start in my doubting. So um, going back to the model, I'm sorry, I cut you off there a little bit. Uh, the model of... The tool? The tool, yeah. Yeah. I want to give you a tool that has just been phenomenal for me to help me see everybody as okay, no matter what their doubts and their fears and their questions are. So as we're building on this foundation, we first learn, once we understand and love and admire God the Father, Jesus Christ, then we can start thinking of, okay, is there organized religion? Is there supposed to be a church? And then build on that, right? Yes. So as we build upon that, then we can 
that's great. That's how we should start. But another thing that we should do with our, um, with our doubts and with our fears is just to know that they're okay. That we're okay in doing that. So this model that the Lord isn't going to hate us. I mean, he told us to obey everything he tells us to do. No, he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Right. If you don't know he exists, how can you love him? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have to know he exists and you have to, you have, to have some, the relationship. You have to have some sort of healthy doubt in order to find truth. That is definitely what I've discovered. It's yeah. like you have to have some sort of it's it's kinda like the the scientific method. You know, you have a theory and then are you gonna prove that theory? But the opposite is true. You have um you you know, you you have this truth, but you're not sure that it's real or you're not sure that it's real for you or true mm-hmm. for you. So you have to doubt it and say, well, what about this truth? What about this truth? And then and then you'll find a better and, and, and more impactful answer than just, well, it's true because I said it so. Oh, yeah. That's one of the worst answers you can always ever, ever give to a child, to anybody. Because God said. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, it's just a terrible answer. <laughs> but did you notice what you were doing? You were progressing through your doubt. Yes. And it's really important for us to progress through our doubts. Otherwise, they're going to come bite us in the butt later. I've discovered that with people who, who, who leave the church. They have these doubts, and, and they'll express them every once in a while. And I'll just be like, okay, you know, whatever. And then towards when they're – and then all of a sudden it just hits. And I think 2020 was that for a lot of people. It was just kind of – it came to a head. It's like – the, the, the lines between good and evil are no longer being blurred. They are being more crystal clear than ever before in the history of the world, in, in, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and so uh, I think that if you don't move, progress through those doubts, you're going to keep them bottled up inside, and eventually they're going to come out, and you're going to use that as an excuse to leave the church. Yeah. Yeah, we should always definitely progress through them. And so there's a, there's a progression in the plan of salvation, right? Yes. And the three pillars of the plan of salvation are creation, the fall, and the atonement, mm-hmm. right? The creation stage is where, and at the beginning of the creation, is the, um, the Garden of Eden. Beautiful. Everything is perfect. Everything's working together. The systems are going well. No one's angry. No one's fighting. There's no great, huge emotion, right? You can think of and liken that to those that are brand new members of the church. (gasps) This is wonderful. (laughs) This is perfect. Or a new marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or a new, a child, right? The child is just, yes, I like everything. You tell me anything and it's all good, right? right? Everything's perfect. But then that second stage comes along and the fall happens. And in the fall, that can be likened to our doubts, our fears, our questions that we do not find answers to. It can be likened to what is going on. And then some people get stuck there, right? Yeah, and they get stuck there and they can look back onto that Eden stage, if you will, and say, oh gosh, if I didn't know what I know, I could be back there. Yeah. I, that <laughs> Do you remember have, that Oh my gosh, stage? everybody says that. Uh, what is it? What's the saying? Um, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Everyone says that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it'd be just so much better. 
if I was just ignorant. And I think that a lot, especially today. <laughs> and knowing what I know, you know, tying it a little bit with politics, knowing what I know about certain subjects and politics, and, and I actually have a passion for it. Um, whereas, and, and, and I always continue to think, well, if I was only ignorant, I wouldn't have to worry so much. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. doubt so much. Yeah. So we, we think, oh, I wish I didn't know this so I could be back there. But we also say, oh, those people that are in Eden are just ridiculous. They should just get to know something, right? Yeah, we, we get too. angry with them. They're just doing the checklist. The they're just so yeah. <laughs> They're so new. And, you know, they, yeah. or, 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 well, new or millennials, like you said. Or they're just, oh, they're just blind. They don't even care. They don't even want to know more. Yes. Yeah, that too. They're, they're blindly following the prophet, mm -hmm. right? And so we judge them, we get angry with them. That's a big criticism of any Christianity, especially now, is everyone is so, they're always like, well, you, you never doubt, you never do anything. You, what, you, how could you never doubt these things? Mm -hmm. and, and so that's a lot of criticism. Criticism comes from there because they think that we're being ignorant. Yeah, yeah. Because they don't, we don't know the truth, that God is this um, that God is, isn't real and isn't going to save us. And we're all in it and we just need to eat and drink and be married. If you would only <laughs> realize that that was the case then you wouldn't be so dumb. Yeah. You know? yeah. There's also a, um, when you're in this stage of doubt and fear, I think there's two ways you can go. There's always two ways, right? Yeah. God made the plan of there's salvation two dimensional. No, not... there's two dimensional. It's you either choose away from God or you choose two towards God. Well, that's true, yes. Yeah. But towards God could mean different different ways from there, too. It could branch out from there. Well, there's only one pathway back to God. And there's a multiple ways to that path. But mm. there's only one path to God. Yes. Okay. So, um, but in there, in that doubt and the fear stage, we can either spiral downwards and get stuck. Or we can progress forwards. Because the fall was that way, right? The yeah. fall is was downward we actually fell from god but we also can now progress forward okay so are we continuing to go just down and not forward or are we doing forward also mm. that's what okay. we need to know are we still progressing through our doubts and our fears and our questions i don't think most people do because they feel like they can't doubt well they they feel like there's no answers or they feel like I'm the only one, or they feel like, oh gosh, everybody else has got this, got it put together, but me. Or I right. mean, there's a million emotions right here, right? And and they get they get stuck. But if you have or have friends that do this, you can tell them this is perfectly normal. It's yeah. natural. It's okay. Please okay. continue to go forward in it. Continue to ask. Continue to look. Continue to find. I think people are afraid. Seek that they're going to be one of those people that find one of those Joseph Smith documents that have been disproven time and time again. But anyway, they'll find one of those documents online and then they'll, it'll make them doubt the church and then they'll leave because of that. Yeah. And if they do leave, great. I mean, as long as they've got the, still the foundation of God and Jesus Christ. Right. And if they don't, then start over, right. take out that, all that allow too. them to fall. I think yeah. it's another thing. It's like, don't coddle them and say, Oh, don't doubt, don't doubt, don't doubt. No. That'll just make it worse. No. Yeah. That's like that's like a parent when they tell them not to do, not to tell a teenager to do something again and again and again, and they just end up doing it. 
Right, right, you know, right. Having, letting them have enough rope to let them do what they want, let them fall, let them make the mistakes, let them doubt, and eventually they'll come back to those mm-hmm. founding principles. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even if they don't, it's still okay, right? Yeah. Because God can help them through in the millennium or whatever. It's it's going to be, it's, it's all right. Just the biggest thing for us to do when we find people that are doubting and stuck is to tell them that they're okay, to give them hope, to say, keep working, keep looking, keep progressing. You're perfectly normal to be in this. Yeah, okay? absolutely. And then there's that third stage. The third stage is the atonement stage, right? When Christ comes and redeems them, he delivers them from the hell that they've been in. Yes. And and gives them eternal progression in a new level and way more clarity and no more doubts and no more fears and well and no more satan tempting them or anything like that right so those that have made it to the um atonement stage have a different kind of outlook on than than those that are in the fall or in the thing so those that are in eden look on those that are, uh, you know, in the fall stage or in the atonement stages of, well, they're just, they're weird. You know, I like where I'm at. I'm happy. Right. right. I don't need a doubt. If I just I don't doubt, need to do this. go to church, yeah. do my stuff, I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. And those in the fall stage are, you know, looking like this is insane and you guys are crazy. I wish I didn't know what I want. You know, all that right. kind of stuff. Right. But those in the atonement stage are actually have charity for all of the stages. They're grateful and see the amazement of those people that are in Eden. I didn't. That blows my mind. That's exactly how my life has gone. Time and time and time again. This creation stage, the fall stage, and the atonement. I never thought of it in that way. It's really cool. It is really like, cool. And it's just natural to do that in life. We progress. We, we have a fall. We have some sort of doubt or fear. You know, We, we have a new project that we're starting. and We're excited to do it. Um, then it gets too hard and then it gets too hard and things start <laughs> mm-hmm. really cramming and, and lots then, and lots of trials and obstacles in the but way once you go to the other side in the atonement stage what i thought that was interesting is that you look back and it almost the word that comes to mind is empathy yeah you empathize with the people that mm-hmm. are going through that you're trying to help them push them through to the next yeah. level keep going you're gonna make it yeah exactly. yeah you yes i know that, that you before. feel like it's you're stuck but you're not yeah <laughs> keep going it's gonna be great and I just, I love that tool or, or model, if you will, to help those along the way. We all have our own pathway that we have to go to get to the straight and narrow path. And so we've got to keep working through it. Absolutely. And we can encourage everybody. We can encourage them. We can help them. We can guide them. And we can love them through it. And And as I was alluding to earlier, the most important thing is the relationship right? That's what we take with us when we leave. We always say knowledge is what we take with it. And that's true too. But the relationship too. Relationship with what? Each other. So when you were doubting, when you were leaving the church, when you were having all these troubles, was our relationship ever ruined? No. I mean, we had like some pitfalls, but you kind of just let me do my thing. Yeah. I let you do your thing. And I think that was because maybe I don't as educated as I am now, but it's because I knew that the relationship mattered more than anything, more than anything. I didn't care if he left the church forever. That relationship was more important to me than him leaving the church. 
powerful. Yeah. And so when you have those friendships, keep the friendships, keep the friendships because the relationships matter immensely. And also, who's going to be the one that comes back? Are they going to look to uh, a bishop that they don't know? Maybe if they have enough faith, but a lot of the time they're probably going to come back to you. I know I did with you. Yeah. Especially if you're family. It was like this, well, uh, I remember the other day that um, a friend of mine had told a friend of his, um, he had left the church. And he's like, when I'm ready to come back, I'm coming back to you, buddy. It was just so that's, funny. It's that's like, what we're talking about. Yeah. That's the kind of thing. You need to be the light on the hill, right? Yes. We let those lower lights be burning <laughs> and uh, from the song and just let those like keep other guiding people. Just like people. light to you going to that next mm-hmm. step. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and keep the relationship, no matter the cost. Like... The relationship matters the most. So don't let your beliefs and their beliefs stop the relationship. Why let, is that important? Well, number one, because that's what we get to take with us, right? We're going to take that hatred, angry, angry relationship with us to heaven. Is that going to be very good at the resurrection and the judgment? Uh, no. no. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, against you. But also, it's so freeing to have those relationships, even if... They are, you know, like say in politics, it's like a, a Republican and a Democrat can be best friends or married even, right? Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> and that on opposite, and and you that doesn't matter. Their their marriage can still be good, right? Mm-hmm. Their relationship can still be good. And I have a friend that is very far away from the church right now, and and even doubting the the existence of God. But that doesn't, and, and at first I was like, I've got to run away. She's going to corrupt me. <laughs> you know, I've got to leave. And I remember being told in the church, because it's natural for me, especially with my personality. I have a lot of healer aspects in my personality. And so anytime I would relate more to the kids that, um, especially since I didn't, I wasn't assigned a group growing up because I was homeschooled. But when I go, I would go to school, I would always go to the troubled kids because I could relate to them more than I could relate to the people that were trying to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Right. I couldn't relate to, and, and I honestly, I was okay with both parties and I was okay with the people that were, uh, I was okay with the druggies. I was okay with the, the cool people. I was okay with the, the, uh, because I understood their background. I actually tried to listen to them and understand who they were as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so, but I remember always in seminary, which is probably one of the reasons, not just in seminary, but in, in Sunday school as well, there was this culture in Utah that said, if, you, if you're becoming friends with, you know, be careful who your friends are. And I believe that's true. But there was this idea that you couldn't be friends with a non-Mormon. You couldn't be friends. Or you either had to you had to convert them, and if they weren't willing to convert, then you couldn't be their friend. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we, uh, you know, as far as influence is concerned, yes, we should surround ourselves with those that do believe that we do, or and that you want to emulate and you want to be like. Mm-hmm. But there's no reason we can't still embrace the friendships, the relationships, the the interactions, the correspondence yeah. that we have with everyone. Because most of the time you're going to share their values. I mean, they're not going to want to murder people. They're not mm-hmm. going to, most people are following the law. Uh, I think most people under have a clear, at least an understanding of 
They have core values. Yeah, they have core mm-hmm. values that everybody believes in. Respect, honesty. I believe mm-hmm. those come from the bill in the Bill of Rights that come from God, right? Yeah. It's that everybody kind of agrees on that. And if we can, then we can disagree on the details but uh, and the application. But we don't have to just... We can still be friends with those who who just share our values. But I think it is the difference between... I think as teenagers, we're viewed as friends as influencers. Mm-hmm. But you can still be friends with them and not them not be your influence or not be your mentor. Yeah, as long as you have, you, you need a whole bunch of different kinds of friends, right? Yeah. You have those friends that you want to have influence you, and then you have those that you want to influence. And that's just yes. how life is, right? And the other thing is, is find the common grounds. Okay, so she doesn't believe in God. So what? What do we have in common? We still believe in family. Well, then let's talk about family, yeah. right? Let's talk about the things we do have in common. Let's keep that relationship burning bright and, and keep working at it. And, you know, you can still tell them your beliefs are this and their beliefs are that, but it's not, it doesn't have to be an animosity or an anger or a, or a wall between you. And it shouldn't be something where it's, you're gaining something from it. Like you shouldn't be having, I think you should follow the thread a little bit, kind of give it, have of those conversations, but don't try to convert them. Like, if they're set in their ways, try to convert them in other ways. Like start with a foundation of what do we do know and then work from there. Mm-hmm. But your objective should never be to convert them. I think your objective is to keep a real good running relationship. Yeah. So that, that God's that's God's responsibility is to convert right, them. Right, exactly. You're just a your job, job is to expose them to goodness. Is to let the lower lights burn. Yes. Right? God is the light on the hill. God is the things and when we have those lower lights guide that ship those lower lights are the ones that are going to go, oh, this is where I need to follow. Then they're going to turn to you, come to you, and say, okay, how do I get to Christ again, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. They don't if know they, they're going towards Christ, no. but they... You're just going to let them burn. And they can choose to follow, and they can choose not to. That's not our responsibility. Our responsibility is just keep those lights burning. Still be a light on the hill, yeah. All right, so, you know, can we have doubts? Absolutely. Yes. But know that it's progression. We can progress through them. And encouraging each other through those progression, I mean, through those doubts, so that it's can, can, we can get to the atonement stage. Because at the atonement stage, oh, wow, right? You look back and you're like, wow, no wonder I had to do that. It was worth going through all that to be yeah, here. It was. It, salvation is amazing, right? <laughs> the knowledge that I have here is fantastic. And that's, that's the stage we want to. You forget your pain in that yes, stage. Yes, yes. Right, and that's what I love about the human body and the brain too. Is what I've discovered is that the brain forgets pain for a reason. It forgets it's because it's always wanting to progress further. If you always had every single trial, if you were reminded or showed a reel every single morning, every time you wake up, of all of the bad things that you did in life, you would never have the motivation to continue forward. Yeah. Right, so I, what I love about this stage of the atonement is that um, you you have a clarity and forgive and forget. You don't have to worry about it anymore, and you wouldn't you wouldn't change it for the world. You still wanted to experience that pain because it led you to where you are now. Yeah, yeah. All right, so our myth absolutely busted. Yeah, absolutely. I say busted too. So Definitely we should, it's okay to doubt the church. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and we encourage you to progress through those doubts. 
to get to that stage of the atonement stage when everything makes sense. You don't have to leave the church every time like I did. <laughs> you can just doubt, have Something. a healthy doubt. But if mm -hmm. you do have to leave, you know, it's okay. Yes, it's okay. it is okay. All right. Thank you for that. And I wanted to end with this, like, just know that it's perfectly natural to have doubts and to have questions. And it's what you do with them that really, really matters. Will you allow them to progress you forward or are you going to let them bring you down and stop your progression? Remember, progression is what it is on this life. This life is really all about progression and we can progress through doubts and fears and questions. Absolutely. So progression. Woo. Yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening to this uh, extra long one today. Um, be sure to check out the other podcasts that we have. If you haven't listened, we've got 24 26 others we're on 26 so 25 other episodes that you could definitely listen to so if this is your first time listening be sure to go check out those other ones um and uh rate rate this podcast and uh do a written review uh we'd love to hear what you guys are saying and and and, and share it with your friends so thanks so much and thank you thank you for your comments so far we really appreciate it yes we do this has been gospel theory a call to learn audio podcast for more podcasts like this, visit our website at calledtolearn.com forward slash podcast.